Section 17 of the Letters of Madame de Sévigné to her daughter and friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Letter 52. The Rocks. Wednesday, December the 11th, 1675. A little patience, my dear child, brings us to the accomplishment of our wishes. I have received two packets of letters from you that I should have received before, but they are come at last, and you will do me no more than justice to believe that I am highly delighted to have them. I thank you that, notwithstanding all your philosophy, you enter into all my melancholy reflections on the immense distance that separates us. You sympathise with me. You seem afflicted as well as myself for this disposition of providence. But you encounter it with more courage than I do, who always feel from it some new increase of sorrow. I am continually meditating on the past, for which the present and the future can never make me amends. It is an ample field in which to exercise a heart so tender and ill-defended as mine. I cannot but admire those good ladies who make a duty of their inclination. There is La Troche, for instance, who has so well turned and wound her good fortune that she is at length settled at her ease in the good city of Paris making it the seat of her empire and the field of all her operations. She has fixed her son at court in spite of wind and tide and makes it a business to be always near him. As for Marbeuf, she had begun even in her husband's time and now lays no restraint upon herself. She has taken a lease of a house in Paris for a hundred years, and most humbly takes her leave of poor Brittany, while you, my dear child, who were born and bred in this country, you whom I have always so fondly loved and so ardently wished to have forever with me, are driven to the furthest end of the world by the storms of adverse fortune. But if I mean to put an end to my letter, I must pass lightly over these reflections and resume my courage in the flattering hope of a change. Darkville and I indulge some pleasing dreams of that kind, but this is not a time to communicate them to you. Let us return to the miseries of this poor province. Every place is full of warriors, there are to be some at Vitre, notwithstanding the princess is there. Monsieur, when he writes to her, styles her his good aunt, his dear aunt. But I do not find that she is better treated than others. There are to be troops at Garche, the estate of the Marquis de Villeroy, and from thence they are to spread themselves among the country people to rob and strip them. This is a heavy disaster upon poor Brittany, that never experienced anything of the kind before. Our governor has received a power 
to grant a general amnesty which he disposes with one hand and with the other lets loose eight thousand soldiers over whom he has as much command as you have they have all their orders monsieur de pomerieux is expected here every day he has the inspection of this little army and may very soon boast a fine government he is the best and wisest of the robe he is my friend but i doubt whether he will be as tractable as your intendant whom you manage so excellently i am afraid he will be changed i can give you no information today respecting languedoc in the meantime content yourself with some from guienne i find they are well protected and have procured a considerable mitigation of their burden alas we are not so happy our protections if we had any would do us more harm than good by the animosity against us of two individuals i believe we may still find or at least promise to find the three millions demanded of us without ruining our friend footnote monsieur de arouis back to main text for he is so beloved by the states that they would do anything rather than he should suffer and this i think is enough upon the subject i am rejoiced that you are not returned to grignon it would have been only an additional fatigue and expense to you prudence and economy for which the good abbe desires me to thank you have rendered that step unnecessary let me know if the dear little ones are to come to you we have the most delightful weather here and we're making some new walks which will be very beautiful my son is very good and helps to amuse us he enters into the spirit of the place and has brought no more of the warrior or the courtier with him into this retreat than is sufficient to enliven conversation when it does not rain we are not so much to be pitied as at a distance it may be supposed the time we are fixed to spend here will pass like the rest and my letter has not been given to louvre the whole affair is negotiating between Lausanne and myself if he will take the guidonnage we have offered to make a small addition to it if he resolves to sell his post outright which would be very unreasonable he must look for a purchaser on his side as we shall on ours that is all i have written to the chevalier to condole with him on our not having met at paris we should have made curious lamentations together on our last year's party and should have renewed our tears for the loss of monsieur de turenne i know not what idea you have of our princess i assure you she is no artemisia footnote the affectionate and chaste wife of mausolus king of caria whose ashes she drank after his death back to main text her heart is like wax it easily takes impression she makes a boast of it and says pleasantly enough that she has a ridiculous heart this is spoken in general terms 
But the world is rather more particular in its applications, and I'm in hope that I shall be able to keep this folly within bounds by the frequent speeches I make, as if I intended nothing by them, on the detestable light in which those women are held who give too great a rein to their passions, and how much they subject themselves thereby to contempt. I talk miraculously sometimes. I am heard and approved as much as can be expected. Indeed, I consider it quite a duty to talk thus, and should think it an honour to be instrumental in working a reformation. I am tired to death with the barrenness of news. We stand in great need of some event, as you say, let it be at whose expense it will, as long as we have no more Turennes to lose. Vogue la galère. You tell me extraordinary things. I read them, admire them, believe them. And then you send me word they are not true. I well know the style and bracket of the provinces. You judge superficially of our governor when you say you should have acted as he did had you been in his place. I know you would not. Neither did the king's service require it. Oh, what has become of the excellent understanding you had last winter? This is no time to think of deputations. Let us see peace restored, and then we shall have time to think of everything. As to the religion of the Jews, I said when reading the history that if God had given me grace to have been born a Jew, footnote, in allusion to an expression of Monsieur de Rochefoucault, who said, If God had given me grace to have been born a Turk, I should have died a Turk. Back to main text. If God had given me grace to have been born a Jew, I should have liked it better than any other except the true religion. I admire its magnificence. But you must admire it still more on account of its year of rest and of dressing gowns which would have given you an opportunity of being a shining example of piety in your elbow chair. Never would Sabbath have been better kept. Kripper has received the moral essays. They contain several treatises, and among the rest one that is particularly pleasing. You will guess which I mean. I am delighted with your good health and beauty for I love you truly. I often wish for you in these woods, the air of which, as well as that of Livry, is a great preservative to the complexion. Our good abbe praises you highly for your care in discharging your debts, for that, in his estimation, is the law and the profits. And as Monsieur de Grignon is so prudent, I will embrace him, notwithstanding his beard, but you know that your little brother's beard has the presumption to rival it. It is to much purpose. Send me word of your success at play. It seems to me as if I saw your little fingers taking out of the pool. But these times are past. Good and evil travel on the same road, but they leave different impressions. 
You have given a great dinner. Where was I? For I know all. I see all the magnificence from hence. You express yourself admirably on the marriage of the little prince, de Masson and de Maréchal. The disproportion is doubtless great, but suppose he should have escaped it. Believe me, you have no need of my letters. You can write delightfully without a theme. But I must reduce myself at last to Solon's rule. Nothing is to be praised on this side of the grave, which is a heavy restriction for me, who dearly love to praise what is praiseworthy. Besides, who can stay so long? For my part, I shall always go on in my old way. Adieu, my ever-lovely and beloved child. Letter 53, The Rocks, Sunday, January the 12th, 1676 You may fill your letters with whatever you please, and still be assured that I read them with great pleasure and equal approbation. No one can write better than you do, and it is not my friendship only that leads me to form this opinion. You delight me by saying you like the moral essays. Did I not tell you they would suit your taste? As soon as I began to read them, I could think of nothing but of sending them to you. You know I am communicative and do not like to enjoy a pleasure alone. If this book had been written on purpose for you, it could not have been more calculated to please you. What language? What energy in the arrangement of the words? I think I never read French, but in this book. The resemblance of charity to self-love and of the heroic modesty of Monsieur de Turenne and the Prince to Christian humility, but I forbear. The work deserves to be praised from beginning to end. But I should write a strange letter if I were to do so. I'm very glad, however you like it, and I have a better opinion of my own judgment in consequence. You do not admire the life of Josephus, but it is sufficient if you approve his actions and his history. Did you not think him very happy in the cave, where they drew lots who should stab himself the last? We laughed till we cried at the story of the girl who sung the indecent song for which she confessed aloud in the church. Nothing can be more novel and amusing. I think she was in the right. The confessor certainly wished to hear the song, for he was not satisfied with the girl's accusation of herself. I fancy I see him bursting with laughter the first at this adventure. We often send you ridiculous stories, but we cannot surpass this. I always talk of Brittany, and it is to encourage you to talk of Provence. It is a country in which I am more interested than in any other. My journey thither takes away all possibility of being tired with what you tell me, because I am acquainted with everybody and understand everything perfectly. 
I have not forgotten the beauty of your winters. Our season is very fine here. I walk every day and have almost made a new path round the wasteland at the end of the mall. I'm planting four rows of trees there. It will be a great improvement, for all this part is now uniform and cultivated. But I shall take my departure in spite of all these charms in February. The Abbe's affairs are still more urgent than yours, which has prevented me from offering our house to Mademoiselle de Mary. She has complained of this to several persons, I understand, but I know not what reason she has to do so. The worthy is in raptures with your letters. I often show him passages that I know will please him. He thanks you for what you say of the moral essays. He was delighted with them himself. The little girl is still with us. She has an active little mind which has never been exercised, and we take pleasure in improving it. She is in perfect ignorance. It is an amusement to us to give her some general knowledge. A few words of this great universe, of empires, countries, kings, religions and wars, of astronomy and geography. It is pleasant to see the unfolding of all these things in a little head which has never beheld a town or a river, and who thought the whole world extended no further than our park. She amuses us highly. I informed her today of the capture of Wismar. She knows we are sorry for it because the King of Sweden is our ally. Such are our amusements. The princess is delighted that her daughter has taken Bismar. She is a true Dane. She has asked Monsieur and Madame to exempt her entirely from the soldiery so that we shall all be safe. Madame de Lafayette is very grateful for your letter. She thinks you very polite and obliging. But does it not appear strange to you that her brother-in-law is not dead and that such mistakes should arise at the short distance of Toulon and Aix? Upon the questions you put to the frater, I decide boldly that he who is angry and shows his anger is preferable to the deceiver who conceals his malignity under fair and specious appearances. There is a stanza in Ariosto descriptive of guile. Footnote. We shall probably gratify the reader by inserting this stanza. Avea piacevo viso abito anesto un umil vulgar docchi un andar grave un parlar si benigno e si modesto che parea Gabriel che da che se ave era brutta e deforme in tutto il resto ma nasconde queste fattezze prave con lungo abito e largo, e sotto quello attossicato avea sempre il coltello. Orlando Furioso, Canto fourteen. 
Her garb was decent and lovely was her face. Her eyes were bashful, sober was her pace. With speech whose charms might every heart assail, like his who gave the blessed salute of hail. But all deformed and brutal was the rest, which close she covered with her ample vest, beneath whose folds, prepared for bloody strife, her hand forever grasped a poisoned knife. Hull's Translation, Book 14, back to main text. I would transcribe it, but I have not time to look for it. The good Darvier still talks to me of the journey of saint guerin and to prove how short his day will be, he says, she can only receive one of my letters at Padis. This is how he treats an acquaintance of a week. He is just the same with respect to others, but this is excellent. I forgot to say that I had thought like you of the different ways of painting the human heart, some white and others blacker than black. You know what colour mine is of for you. End of section 17